Uh, good morning. Welcome to South Bay Church of Christ. Uh, my name is Dustin Peckman. You might have heard my name from a few individuals, but my name is Dustin Peckman, and Catherine and I, Catherine and actually our son is in service today as well. Uh, so we lead the, the teen ministry here. Uh, so we're really excited to be here. And just to give you a little background on me, I'll share some stories throughout the, the lesson today. But I was born and raised in Colorado. And, uh, and so anyone from Colorado? Yeah, there we go. Uh, so I was born and raised there. I actually spent four years between kindergarten and fourth grade here in Torrance. I went to Anza Elementary, and um, uh, my, my dad got a job out here, and then we, we got um, sent back to Colorado. But um, I moved out here after I graduated to be close to my girlfriend, and things worked out. We're, we're married. <laughs> and so the, I, I moved out here, and uh, a year later, we got married. A year after that, we brought our son home on our first anniversary. And uh, a, a little over a year after that, we had our second child, our daughter. So we're approaching our third anniversary with two kids. And not our third child, just our third anniversary. Um, so I, you know, um, I've, I've been a part of our, our brotherhood, our, our movement of churches for a long time, since I was a year and a half. And I, I just feel such a family wherever I go. And we've only been here for a couple weeks. We, we were here for a couple weeks, and then we took a two-week vacation. And uh, so we're really glad to be back, and we have just felt um, so much a part of this family already. So I thank you guys for your love. Um, we did just get back from vacation, like I said. We went to Colorado. We did a 12-day road trip, and with two children uh, under, the, under two years old, that was, uh, by God's grace, we made it back. Um, no, it was, it was a lot of fun. The kids were great. Um, but we're glad to be back. We have met some of you. Catherine knows a lot of you. Uh, but if you would like to invite us over for dinner, we would love that. Uh, we we want to get to know you guys more. Uh, but let's pray, and we'll jump into the lesson. Heavenly Father, it is so good to be here this morning with, with your family, with our family, Lord. Uh, thank you for loving us. Thank you for calling us into the light. Thank you for the life that we have through Christ and in Christ. And God, I pray that you would speak through me right now. I pray that uh, everyone here, that you would give them some morsel of wisdom from your word this morning. And I pray that for those who aren't here, that you would protect them and, and uh, just uh, make them feel your love at this time. Let them know that we're thinking of them and that we love them. But Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for the freedom that we have to worship you. And uh, it's, it's, it's going to be about running. So if you don't know much about running, hopefully you'll learn something today. Um, if you do like running, hopefully this will strike a chord with you. Um, but I love running. I have a long history uh, with running, probably shorter than some of you because I'm only 28 years old. Um, but I started running when I was in eighth grade. And my mom kept trying to convince me, go out for a run with me. It'll be fun. And I thought, you know, who would run for fun? That's terrible. That's punishment. Um, <laughs> and, so, and so finally she convinced me to go out running with her, and I loved it. 
And I, I just kept wanting to run more and more. So I, I did track. I didn't like track so much. I don't like running in circles. But I loved cross country. And you know, just being able to run out into the woods and just kind of let your mind go and then come back three miles later. Um, so I really enjoyed cross country. And then I also worked at a running store for six years. So I got to talk to all sorts of runners from people that were you know, trying to run their first mile. You know, They'd never run a mile all the way up to people running 100 miles at a time. Uh, it's such a cool community and culture, the running world. And so I love running. The topic today, it, it's going to involve some running. But as I thought about running and this life in Christ that we have, it's a long race. It's longer for s some than others, um, but it's a long race. And, you know, it's the only life that I want to live, and it's the only race that I want to run, but it's been difficult at times. And so much so that I've wondered, is this even worth it? Do I have what it takes to make it to the finish line? I just, I've wanted to step off the course before. I just wanted to be done with it. I wanted to throw in my towel, call it quits. By God's grace, on, on March 18th, just a few months back, I celebrated my 14th spiritual birthday. Um, so back in 2001, I entered the waters of baptism and became a disciple. Uh, but honestly, to this day, 14 years later, those thoughts still creep into my mind. Do I really have what it takes? Is this race worth it? Sometimes I've felt like I can't handle another challenge. I can't handle another obstacle, another discouraging situation, another letdown. Seriously, I can't do this. Can anyone relate? Yeah. Amen. So at times, oh, there's a picture of me. I forgot I threw that in there. That's, that's me uh, running cross country in high school with my bandana and my, uh, or my headband and my shades. <laughs> Um, and, a, and a Barbie sticker on my, who, don't ask questions. Um, okay, so sometimes I have felt like this guy. Face down in the dirt. I mean, he's, he's going to be lucky if he can even get up and walk off the course. He might just stay there. I have felt like this at times in the spiritual race. So today we're going to talk about this spiritual race that, that we're all a part of, that, that has been marked out for each of us. And more specifically, I want to look at three one another relationships that we need to help get us to that finish line. For those who are familiar with races, you probably know that most races are for individuals. It's not a team sport, especially when you get out of high school and college. You know, those sometimes are teams, but these local 5Ks, 10Ks, those are all individuals. So why do we need each other in a race? If it's an individual race, what's the point of, of others? Well, we're all running the same race. And in this spiritual race, the more that hit that finish line, the greater the victory will be. It's going to be a sweet victory. It's going to be a party in heaven. And I can't wait to be there with you guys. But we need each other to get there. So let's look at these three one another relationships. The first is the pacer. So this is a term in the running world. It, it's especially in longer races like marathons and ultramarathons. You'll see a lot of these pacers. This is someone that goes out ahead of you. You, you determine a, a certain time that you can sustain 
and uh, a certain pace you can sustain, and they keep you to it. Because a lot of times in, the, in running, these guys will line up at the starting line, and they think they're just going to be heroes and bolt out of the gates, and they run a pace that is unsustainable. And they slow down, and they sometimes quit. Um, and so the pacer helps you, um, helps you uh, have a pace that is sustainable. I had a friend in high school that... He was the slowest guy on JV. I mean, he was not in it to break any records or anything. He was just out there to have fun. But he would line up with the fastest people at the starting line, and he would bolt out of the gate. For 200 yards, he'd be out front, and people were like, where'd this guy come from? We've never heard of him. Who is he? What school does he go to? But he just did it to psych people out. He did it to be a goofball. <laughs> and, then, and then at about 200 yards, he'd, he'd either slow to a complete stop or just like walk the rest of the race. Total goofball, but his pace was unsustainable. And so we need pacers to challenge us, to keep us running the same speed, but we also need them to help us to keep from burning out. So there's a race up in Northern California called the Western States Endurance Race. And this is, uh, there's a few different courses, but the major one is the 100 miler. And this is a description of what a pacer is on their website. website. So a pace runner or pacer is defined as a trail companion who may accompany a runner along designated sections of the trail. Pacers are allowed solely as a safety consideration for fatigued runners in the remote and rugged territory of the Western States Trail. And then it, it goes on, it, it doesn't look like it made it on there. Pacers should be experienced trail runners in excellent physical shape and conditioned adequately to run 40 miles over rough terrain. Most pacing will be done during nighttime hours and early morning, so pacers should be warmly dressed, used to running with flashlights, and familiar with the trail. I want this kind of pacer to guide me in the spiritual race. Check out these credentials. They are there to help you nav navigate designated sections. Not the whole race, but the remote and rugged territories. Nighttime and early morning, they are there as a safety net for the fatigued runners. They are experienced, in excellent physical shape, conditioned adequately and prepared, warmly dressed, used to using all these things. They've been there, they've done it. This ain't their first rodeo. These are the pacers. In terms of your spiritual race, do you have this kind of spiritual pacer in your life? Pacers, you see, they're not necessarily in your everyday life. But when you encounter the rugged terrain, the temptations, the discouraging moments, you immediately think of your pacer. What would Andy Wingy do? What would Calvin Johnson do or say in this moment? How would they handle it? I'm going to call them up. I'm going to see what my pacer would do. Pacers are kind of like the true north on your compass. When you start to get confused, when you're lost, when you're disoriented, where's my pacer? I need to find my direction again. What's the most important aspect of a spiritual pacer? It's not what they wear. It's not how they look. It's not what they have experienced Check out this verse in 1 Corinthians. It says in, in chapter 10, verse 33, For I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, 
so that they may be saved. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. A pacer leads a remarkable life, a balanced life. You don't follow a pacer because of some trait or some characteristic, because they've endured the hard times, uh, but because they have endured the hard times and come out as stronger because of it. Pacers are worthy of imitation because they follow Christ. A good pacer will not help you become more like them, but help you become more like Christ. So a few questions in terms of pacers. So I know, uh, I know many of you are seasoned Christians. You've been, you've been through a lot. You have weathered some storms. Can I get an amen? amen. Got some seasoned Christians in the house. Sometimes the things that can make you a pacer, the storms you've weathered, the, experience you've, the experiences you've gone through, sometimes loss, sometimes these things can actually hold you back from being the pacer that you ought to be. Rather than learning from the storms in life, you become hardened by them. Rather than serving and giving to the church, we can grow critical and entitled. As a youth minister, I know how much this next generation and further generations need you to invest in them. I've heard so many times from teens that I've talked to about studying the Bible, teens that are thinking about becoming a disciple, and they've just said, I'm afraid that I won't be able to, to endure for the long run. I'm afraid that I'll start and I'll just quit down the road. They need pacers who have weathered the storm and are still running strong. Additionally, uh, I want you guys to think back to a time that was difficult for you. Maybe it was when you were newlyweds and you were, you were navigating the waters of marriage in that first year, the first few years. Maybe it was when, maybe it was when you, uh, you first had kids and you're just like, what just hit me? I don't know how to do this. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe it was when you experienced loss in life. These difficult times that we all go through, they're not unique to one of, each, uh, to one of us. We all go, th- go through similar situations. Look around you. If you see someone going through a similar situation that you have already navigated through, help them stay the course. Help them. They need pacers. If you don't have a pacer, if you're like, man, I, I don't have anyone that I look up to that, that really kind of guides me that I think about in these tough times, I want you to think about who you want to be in 5, 10, 20 years. Think about the person, the situation. There is likely that person in this group right now who you want to be. Go talk to them. Invite them out for coffee. Find a pacer. So I want to ask you guys, who is your pacer? If you're taking notes, write it down. If you're not, just think about it. Maybe, maybe put it in your phone. Who is your pacer? In Proverbs 13, 20, it says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Let's walk with the wise. The next relationship we're going to talk about that we need to get to the finish line is the running buddy. This is, this is one of my favorite relationships. So who's your pacer? The running buddy. So these are the people that make this spiritual race worthwhile. These are the people that are in your daily lives. 
maybe not daily, but you see them, you talk to them a few times a week at least. When one of, when one of you hits an obstacle, you have your running buddy there to help you get over it or around it, to just rest with you so you can catch your breath, to give you water when you need it. They're there for you in the tough times. They are a companion for you when you're nav navigating the spiritual race. And they will pick you up if you have fallen. They are the people that are in the thick of it with you. Running buddies, they help carry your burdens along the way. I've watched a lot of different uh, ultramarathon documentaries and things like that. And there's always someone there that can help carry the load if, if someone's uh, being, getting fatigued or they just can't handle it. Running buddies are there to help carry the burdens. The good running buddies will do everything in their power to keep you in the race. Your victory is their victory and vice versa. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. This is often uh, read during weddings or, you know, referring to marriage. But this is, this is all about this running buddy relationship. If you're not married, you still need someone to help you up when you have fallen. In Proverbs 17, 17. It says, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Another scripture, Galatians 6, 2. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. These are great running buddy scriptures. God does not want us to run this race alone. He wants us to have companions. He wants us to have someone there to carry our burdens, to pick us up when we have fallen a brother in a time of adversity. In the short time that we've been in South Bay, like I said, we've been here for four weeks, but we were really only here for two weeks. Catherine and I have been so inspired by the tight-knit running buddy relationships that we see here. We don't know you that well, at least I don't, but I see just such tight-knit relationships. I see you caring for each other, caring for each other's families. You guys are loving and living life together. And I'm so inspired by it. Keep taking care of each other. Keep helping one another. Just put one foot in front of the, in front of the other to get to the finish line. Another way that I've seen you guys in your running buddy relationships, not just in this room, but you reach out to the community. And you pull in the community as your running buddies. And that's what Christ calls us to do. His truth, his love, it's not just for people in a church building. It's for everyone. And I'm so inspired by the way that you guys love the community. So we all have junk in our life. If you look around, you will see a bunch of messed up people. Why don't you look around for a sec? You're not the only messed up person in here. <laughs> no judgment. We're all messed up. Um, we all have problems that we need help with. But one trap that I personally have fallen into that I've seen a lot of people fall into is when we, when we approach one another, hey, bro, what's up? Hey, sis, what's going on? 
oh, it's great, I'm fine, things are great. But nothing is great in your life. <laughs> nothing is great. You actually want to just spill all the beans and tell them how horrible it is. But you're like, no, they don't really want to hear it. Let's trust one another in those moments. Let's be vulnerable. Let's share what's really going on. It doesn't have to be a, a novel in that moment, but just say, hey, can we talk later? Things are actually not going that well. Let's trust one another. This should be a safe place for times of adversity. A time of adversity in my own life was, in, uh, was when I was in college. It was my fall semester of 2009. And there was a... A good friend of mine, he was actually a teen leader when I was in the teen ministry. Um, I got a call one night, it was in December, and he had, been, uh, he had been taken into custody. And I was very confused, I didn't know what was going on. Um, I heard the charges that were brought against him, but I didn't believe them. Um, and what the charges were, was someone came forward and uh, accused him of sexual misconduct with a minor. And, and so I was like, no, this can't be. I, I probably knew this guy more than anyone. And his sister even called me up from California and said, hey, is, is there any truth to this? Do you know what's going on? I said, no, there must be a mistake. Um, long story short, uh, he was charged two back-to-back -back life sentences for sexual misconduct with multiple minors. More people came forward. Uh, Friends from the teen ministry that I was a part of, people, teens, minors outside of the teen ministry. And it was, I, I still didn't believe it. And, and my mom called me up one day and she, she said, how are you doing? You know, what's going on? What are you feeling? And that's when it hit me. Just hearing those questions, I thought, I, I realized this is, this is the truth. And similar things, maybe not as intense, had also happened to me in that relationship with this guy. And, and I was so confused and I was so disoriented and I, I just felt like I couldn't trust anyone anymore. I felt um, like, uh, I, 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 I kind of felt shattered in that moment. Um, but I'm so grateful for the running buddies that I had in my life. Um, some of you guys may know Hans Rasmussen. Um, he, he, in that moment, I think I called him right after that and, and he drove over and went for a walk with me. And we just walked around the block, and he just listened to me. He didn't say, hey, okay, so this is what you need to do to get back on track, or hey, you know what, this has helped me in the past. He just listened. He was a brother in a time of adversity. He was a safe place for me. When I didn't want to trust anyone, he came in, and he was that running buddy. I'm like, okay, there is, there is love, there is trust, there is unity in the body of Christ. And so I'm so grateful for my running buddies. When I was confused and wounded, they were there for me, and they helped me stay the course. I really believe that I, I wouldn't be standing here today without the running buddies in my life. So for the running buddies, I have a few questions. What kind of friend are you? Do you have close relationships in this group? When you, account, when you encounter tough times in life, temptation, family loss, depression, a bad attitude, or just a tough day when nothing seems to be going right, do you have at least one person that you turn to for help? For those who are married, 
we have built-in running buddies. Our spouses are our, our greatest running buddies. I'm so grateful for Catherine. She is my favorite running buddy. Um, but do you have someone who currently pushes you to keep running? If not, you've got to find a running buddy immediately. How sad it would be to have no one there if you were to fall. Also, do you have someone that turns to you in times of trial and temptation, tough times? Does someone come to you as a running buddy? If it's hard to think of the last person that came to you, that might say something about the friend that you have been or not been. We need to be investing in one another as running buddies. Who are your running buddies? Who are your running buddies? Write them down. Think about them. The last relationship is the coach. The coach. We probably all have coach stories in our life. Uh, but in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So this is talking about God's word and how God's word can train us and rebuke us and correct us and all of these things. But this reminds me of a coach. You know, they'll train you, they'll teach you, and they'll have to correct you at times. And you know that R word that sometimes makes us cringe, they may even have to rebuke us at times. Yeah, we, we try to avoid the rebuke, but we need it. A good coach will do whatever it takes and say whatever needs to be said to help prepare you for those tough times. So that when the worst happens, because it will happen. If it hasn't happened yet, it will happen. Amen. <laughs> um, you won't encounter that, that tough time and think, no one told me this was going to happen. No one said this life as a disciple was going to be challenging. The coach is there to prepare you for those moments. You know, up at winter camp, do we have any teens that were in, at winter camp? There we go. Um, so up at winter camp, we had this lesson. It was called Unbroken. And it was about, the, it was about two different sides of Jesus, one being soft as velvet, the other hard as nails. And I think the same can be said about a coach, a good spiritual coach. Sometimes they are hard as nails to keep you from doing something stupid or to keep you, um, uh, to keep you out of a sin that you just keep going back to. But they can also be soft as velvet in those times where you're just like, you've just been beaten down. You're like, I, I don't think I can go anymore. They are there to say, I believe in you. A good spiritual coach will be both these sides. When you encounter the toughest part of the course, they are the voice of encouragement. And I, um, you know, a coach in my life, some of you, or a lot of you probably know Ruben DeAnda. Yeah. So we just came from Long Beach, and, uh, and he was very much a coach in my life. And the first time I did a sermon in, in Long Beach, we went out for a prayer walk, and he was kind of giving me the, the rundown on what he thought of the lesson and some critiques and some encouragement. And he's like, it was great. It was about God's love. He's like, it was a great lesson, great stories you shared. Uh, but one thing that, that stood out was, you know, 
I, I think it would have been more appropriate, your lesson would have been more appropriate at like a woman's day. <laughs> like, dang. <laughs> it's like, it's like it was, it was, it was so, it was so feel good, and it, it made us feel warm.